Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. And today I have with us Joseph Pavlushik of Pavi Sandwiches and the Denver Taco Food Truck. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, I man? guess it's the Denver Taco Truck. I keep I add in words to it. Yeah. We've, we've done this twice. but So, Joe, tell us a little bit about your story, like from how you got into being a food truck owner. Uh, um, that's a, that's a good question, Justin. Um, I've been cooking since a very, very young age, um, childhood. Um, I went to the Corner Institute of America after I graduated high school. I have a bachelor's degree in food business from there. Um, worked for several different people, um, helped run a food truck when I was 16 to 18. Um, kind of fell in love with it and, um, worked a bunch of restaurants and did management jobs to learn the ropes of the business. And here I am, um, in my thirties now with two of these trucks and continuing to grind every day. And so how did you end up in, in Colorado? I mean, so you were obviously your education was on the East coast. So how did you get from the East coast to Colorado? Yeah, of course. Um, so I grew up in Northeast Nebraska originally, so I just want to be a little bit closer to home. Um, the lifestyle on the East Coast is great for some people. For me, it wasn't what I wanted, um, so I decided that Denver was a little bit better for me about 12 years ago. And so you, when you came to Denver, where, what did you do first before you got into the food trucks? Um, I worked for a company called the big red F here locally. So they have, uh, I think now probably about 15 restaurants. I was, I started as a line cook for them at a very young age and then moved up to, um, the head, the sous chef at Jack's fish house and oyster bar, downtown Denver. Um, leaving there after Amos Watts left. And it was just time for me to go do my own thing at that time again. And so, I mean, the idea of a food truck, I mean, how did that come about? And I mean, were you married at the time? Because I know you're married now. So that's a, a conversation like I'm going to go into my own business. I'm going to buy a truck and, and, and do that. So tell us how so, all that took place. Yeah, of course. So my timeline in the business. So we're going into our fifth season with Pavi Sandwiches at this point, And we just added our second truck. It's, it's a lot of stress. And of course, um, relationships and business owning is definitely one of the most difficult things of balancing. Um, I was not married at the time when, when I started my original truck, I started on a little four by six trailer hand built myself with just a barbecue grill, working out of coolers and a hand sink, um, ground just worked for a couple of years and I was able to buy a 14 foot trailer and put a full commercial kitchen in there best day of my life um. so that's the the truck you drove up I, and and just so the audience knows it's bringing joe to tears right now which is just amazing to see um the accomplishment that he's having right now but so i mean you literally were able to take your business and move into a trailer which is where the sandwiches are are right now yeah, of course. Um, we we moved from the first trailer was a very open air trailer with just a barbecue grill on it. Honestly, I was testing the waters and really seeing about um, 
what what this thing is that I keep saying. Like I said earlier, I I did this when I was sixteen to eighteen with a youth group, and then I kind of bought a camper from them and continued to do it with my family. Um, I knew that I've always wanted work for myself, and yeah, it's a lot of work, and yes, it's not easy, and a lot of days it's you know you don't want to do it but you have to no one else is going to do it for you so um that being said i i was having enough leads coming in um and i have enough business so i decided after uh, about two years ago at this point i've been working on trying to get denver taco truck open um we've had it open for about two months at this point so um, a huge, huge accomplishment. Again, I, I build these trucks. I got this all out and really did this because I don't have the money to open a second bit. I didn't have the money to pay someone else to do the second business. So yeah, there is a lot of blood, sweat and tears in this. And so when you did the second trailer, when you bought the 14 footer, you did all the work on there yourself as well. Yeah, so my parents are, uh, my dad specifically was pretty entrepreneurial with farmland. He had um, several rental houses and different things. So that being said, I was his maintenance man and kind of really got to learn how to use a hammer and tools and drills. So I've decided like in my business, I don't pay for things that I can do myself. Yes, it probably took me a little longer than it should have, but it cost me half the amount of money probably. Yeah. And, um, I love it. And I want to talk a little bit about it. And I, I know it brought you to tears of, of joy and just hardship because it's hard, but tell me about this. You said it's the greatest day of your life as an entrepreneur, I'm sure in business, but I mean, what was that for you? Because I can feel the emotion there. And I think it's just so important because so many of us feel it as entrepreneurs. We just, don't express it openly as you are now. Yeah. Um, it just felt good. Like, really, really good. Um, the trailer I was using before was a 4x6. It wasn't marketed right. It wasn't built for what I was doing. I was, I mean, I made it work. I made it work because I wanted to do this. I mean, don't let anyone else tell you can't do it because you can there's ways of doing it. Like, I mean, in the food truck game, you can start as a tent. I mean, I was using a a home barbecue grill that you got each and every one of you have in your backyard to produce sandwiches. You know, there's days we would do a hundred plus on that little trailer with two of us. And yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about what you can do in those spaces. If you just put your mind to something and really follow through with what, what you say you're going to do. And so, um, let's talk about what, let's talk about the sandwich truck first or trailer. Yeah. Um, what type of food are you offering off of there and what's your menu look like? So Pavi sandwiches, we do uh, hot gourmet sandwiches and tater tots on our daily menu. Um, we do, um, mainly we do a lot of wedding catering, a lot of office buildings and like neighborhood events with that truck. Um, it's going into its fifth season at this point. I have four sandwiches on there. So we do a steak sandwich. We have a fried chicken sandwich, a barbecue shrimp po' boy, and a veggie banh mi. Tater tots and cheddar bacon tots, those are like our six main things that we're doing on this truck. Um, you can find it around town on 
I have our Google Calendar on our website, pavistruck.com is the easiest way to find us. I try to stay up on social media, but owning two of these sometimes, I slack a little bit, you know? There's only so much time in the day, man. <laughs> and, I, and it's so true, actually, because you want to get the message out there, but you also have to make the dollars come in and, and maintain the business. And so there's this constant struggle as an entrepreneur between marketing and actually operating the business. And it's so tough. I'm I'm lucky that my wife does e-commerce marketing for a living and has a bachelor's degree in this stuff. So she helps me a little bit, but being being a director of marketing for another company, it's you know, it's still definitely a hustle for sure. And, um, and the Denver, uh, taco truck, what kind of, what do you offer on there? And what's the menu look like? So on Denver taco truck, we're doing street tacos and French fries. So we have, uh, five different tacos on there for our daily menu and then French fries. And then we're doing like queso fries. So like loaded up fries. Um, really good. Um, we were at Sabroso yesterday, we crushed. We did like 700 covers in six hours or something. It was, <laughs> it was a, our first big, big test. Um, and the staff did great. And so hey, this is awesome because you're running to one trailer, one truck. Mm-hmm. And so how are you? Okay, now you're running two basically businesses and two different concepts. You didn't take the sandwich concept be like, I want two trucks to make money. You're like, I'm going to do another concept. Um um passionate about so i'll ask the second part of the question after you answer the first part but the first part is why go from sandwiches into tacos was and not just do another sandwich truck or trailer um well life happens is the short answer on this one um i originally was thinking two sandwich trucks and two sandwich trucks would have been awesome the sandwich truck is very very busy and um is a marketing machine at this point so i get a lot a lot a lot of leads for this and i could have very easily made the second truck and sandwich truck and take the leads that i was giving away over the last couple years to other my friends that own other trucks um and take those leads back and put it as my truck i also do a lot of larger events where i can put both trucks side by side um eliminating this position, this huge management position that's probably a $50,000 at least management role. Like as a small guy, yeah, I do well for myself and I make decent money, but I grind. I grind every day, all day. Um, I don't have the money at this point to hire someone like that. So doing two different concepts allows me to put the trucks side by side a lot of times. Um, especially at events that we're already doing that I've already vetted and like are proven. So that's why we chose to go with two different brands. Well, and I think it's a great idea actually, because like you said, you're attracting people and you're giving them options. It's no different than why did KFC merge with Taco Bell? You're getting, you could get fried chicken to the people who want fried chicken and tacos to the people that want tacos. Yeah. And I mean, tacos are obviously probably my big, my number one question. Hey, can you make street tacos for an appetizer? Hey, do you know a street taco vendor? Hey, do you know a taco guy? There's a lot of taco trucks in Denver. Sure. There are. And I had the question of why tacos several times. And it's my biggest question that people have for me. So why not just give them what they're asking for instead of 
instead of fight it, just let them pay, give me their money for my tacos, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, it's that's the end game. Like, it's not about how busy your truck is or how beautiful it is. It's how much cash flow you guys have coming through your pockets is probably the biggest thing in any entrepreneur thing. Like, if you don't have cash flow, you can't buy a product, which means you can't go sell product. Yeah. And so, so basically now you've got, you've got your convoy of, of, of a truck and trailer and, and you're, you're moving into these vents. So tell me what a normal daily, you, and you talk about the grind. I mean, what is that for you? I mean, you're an entrepreneur, you're literally blood, sweat, and tears into your business every day. So what does that look like for you on a daily basis? Um, how about we just use yesterday as a great example for Perfect. you? So yesterday we did Sobroso at Fiddler's Green. Um, I was telling Justin earlier that we did 700 covers in about six hours yesterday out of 85 square feet. So just imagine it. It's 12 by 6 by 8 feet is the size of this box we're working in. We have a flat top, a fryer, a refrigerator, and a um, freezer. So very, very small and compact. Um, my day started about 5.30 yesterday. I woke up. I went and gassed the truck. I loaded everything into the commissary. We had to load into Fiddler's by 10 o'clock because there's a festival, so we got to get there early because of safety issues and stuff. Event started at 12. Um, so I got up at 5.30, did my thing at home, was out the door by 6, went and got the truck, gassed it, made everything, everything was in there. Did the last couple minutes of prep. Um, stopped the store and bought a couple things that I thought we could use. From there, I drove the truck to the event. Um, set the truck up just like any restaurant, guys. It's the same thing. We we have to heat things. We have to turn everything on. It's not done for us when we get there. So um, got everything set up by 12 o'clock. About 1 o'clock, the line formed. I, we were probably 200 deep until 730 Um <laughs> It, it's it's a great feeling but it's also exhausting i'm exhausted today um and so i worked the line i was on the truck um we had five employees to do this um so so about 150 people per employee we do um and i was working the line over the grill for eight hours till about 9 30 last night from 12 to 9 30 i worked the grill and then at 9.30, I told my employees to close the window, and I let them clean the truck, and I went home. So, you know, 6, 6 a.m. to 9, about 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a crazy schedule, but, I mean, that, not, the amount not, of business. Yeah, not every day is like this, but... But on a normal day, it's still probably 6 a.m. I go shopping and make sure the truck's... Um, my goal, so with the taco truck, it's still new, so I'm still working out a lot of the kinks and problems and adjusting things here and there. So it takes a lot of my attention. With Pavis, I have a staff that can take that truck out, and I, I just kind of go shopping, make sure they have food and stuff. So at some point, what I'm hoping is I have two staffs that are very, very reliable and just kind of... I mean, it's like you're, I mean, you're running like a SEAL team and, and not like I'm going to tie a direct comparison, but it is basically you're sending them out on missions and they've got to have all their supplies. They've got to have all, they got to know the operations. They got to know their mission based on where they're going. And, and, and you sort of just send them out. So, I mean, that's the leap into the second truck then is you're sort of like 
I mean, logistics and the operations and the supplies and all that and managing all that. And I mean, is it, is how have you adjusted to that? Working on it. Working on, yeah. Um, to answer that it's, it's stressful for sure. Um, I'm definitely understaffed right now and definitely need to hire probably two more full-time. I'm at four full-time people right now. Um, I think with the amount of business that I want to do per truck, I need to have three full-time staff for each truck and then probably a full-time prep guy at this point. Um, things that I've kind of started doing with two trucks now because it's double the amount of work. Um, it really is double amount of work because it's two different brands. Yes, some of the prep I have been able to cross-utilize, but there's other things that we don't cross-utilize. So it's definitely difficult. Um, things that I've found is... Instead of me and Justin, we were talking about how I go shopping for food or a lot of these companies go shopping for food at Restaurant Depot or Costco or Sam's Club or wherever and drive around in your cars. I used to do that with one truck. I don't have time anymore. So we have decided that we're going to go with one of the big box boys like U.S. Foods or Shamrock. Or, and just have them deliver yeah, it. Yeah, yep. exactly. So that, that'll cut a couple hours out of my day right there, honestly. So. Well, and that's the beauty of expanding to that second truck is then you start to push the threshold of people being able to deliver right to you, which is huge. Right, because most of them have like a 15 or 20 case minimum. And with a single truck, you know, a lot of trucks would love to do $5,000, $6,000 in sales a week. With two of them, I mean, we're we're doing double that pretty easily. Um, so... Yeah, I think it's a great, uh, the way you couple them together and, you know, like I said, the variety then and being able to draw people and have different choices, I think is amazing. And I've, I've seen that with like event coordinators and things like it's not, I'm not saying that I have a stronghold on anything, but when I, when I come to an event coordinator that's looking for two trucks, three trucks, four trucks, they're like, oh, we only have to deal with one guy instead of three different guys to get three trucks now we deal with two so it's there there's definitely a lot of perks with it um but just like any businesses there's um checks and balances that you have to double check before you allow people to run your businesses for you yeah no i agree with that 100 percent, and i think that that's exactly it when people are planning events and stuff they don't want to deal with four different food trucks and one cancels out or whatever like you deal with one person they they have the stuff there you need and then you move forward and and in my own recent experience i won't say any names i did was trying to do an event with a food truck and and had them cancel out on us last minute and the good ones will find someone else to replace that spot but the bad ones just sort of leave you hanging and it's unfortunate yeah, I mean, I definitely have made a lot of relationships like with other trucks. It's the best thing in this business. If you guys want to get in this business, look up on my website. You can call me, email, text me. I'll answer your questions. I don't care. Um, but yes, having friends in this business is absolutely essential to running these because as Justin was saying earlier, we are sending people out to go accomplish tasks or missions. These trucks are not brand new. I have a 2002 Chevy Workhorse, you know. On Saturday, the ignition switch went out on it. 
I mean, I had to deal with it. Like I said, we, I was not, not going to go to this event yesterday. So I had to call a mechanic. Who do I get my mechanic from? One of my friends are like, Hey, this guy's the best. Go try Call this guy. I showed up. They, they rigged it enough that we could get it to him from the event until we get to park today. Um, but yeah, you know that you never know when you're going to be out and need a pair of tongs, an extra set of gloves, a knife because you forgot it. Like when you're next to these other trucks and you, if you're an asshole to them, guess what? They're not going to help yeah. you. So be friendly, ask, ask nicely. And most of us will help each other, especially as Jessica was saying, us better ones have, we do a lot of the same events because people learn um, who's going to show up and who's not going to show up and who has good food and who doesn't have good food. It's, I mean, it's pretty, pretty simple when it comes down to it. And I, I think it's awesome in that, um, we talk a lot about healthy competition in the food business and as an industry, like while you all are competitors of a sense, um, you have, you know, you're there for each other because, Ultimately, the industry has to succeed, and the better you guys do as a group, the the better food trucks and and you guys are going to do as entrepreneurs. And the more people like me are being like, why hire a caterer when I can bring in a food truck and do my event? It's just you bring your own kitchen, and the food's hot, and I don't have to worry about reheating it. It's actually cooked to serve, and that is a big deal. And that's why food trucks are becoming so popular. And, you know, a lot of breweries aren't even putting in kitchens. Why mess with it? We can, I can have different food every day, but I think there's this, while you're competitors and, and you want to do better than the next person, you also know you need each other to survive and the better you guys do and the better image that's out there, the more confidence people have in you guys as a, as a business. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really hear a question there, but I do have kind of a thought on this, what we're talking about. So back when I, and we were in 19, so in 2014, like end of 2014 is like when I was really finished. I opened May of 2015. Um, so we're coming up on our four, four year anniversary right now, our fifth season. Um, when I first started in Denver, there was prob I asked a health inspector, how many trucks she inspected. She told me about 200. I asked her um, back in December when I got my truck re-inspected for my annual inspection. They told me that there was about 800 trucks in Denver County alone. So we've uh, quadrupled the size when I started. That didn't stop me from opening another truck. I have seen the market um, continue to grow and it's going to continue to grow because there's guys like me that are younger that don't have a million dollars to go open a restaurant. Yeah. You know, I did this with a couple thousand dollars in a credit card. Sure. It probably wasn't the smartest way of doing it, but guess what? I got open. That's, that's 99% of the battle. Once you get open, you can figure it out from there. Well, and surviving your first season as a few truck is huge, yeah. you know? And, uh, so I love what you're doing and just, just a quick, as we sort of talked about it, but how, um, give me, um, in the audience, how do they find both your food trucks on social media? What's your website and, and email addresses if people want to book you for events? Of course. Um, so the easiest way to find us, as I said before, is our website. So pavys truck.com P A V Y S T R E C K.com. And then the other one's Denver taco truck.com. Um, you can email me directly through the websites or 
I have my cell phone number up on there for you guys if you need to get a hold of me. And so, okay, let's let's continue down the road here. I mean, do you have maybe goals and ambitions to sort of add another food truck down the road? I mean, you've just got the second one open, so I'm asking a big question here. Because you obviously you have to get through this and the next few seasons with that truck. But is there... I mean, you're a dreamer, obviously, and you I can tell that you're very passionate and love what you do, so I'm sure, and you don't need to tell us the concept, but it's just sort of, because I don't want to give away too much if you don't want to, but, you know, what does your future look like, and, and what are you feeling? You know, I just got married in October, um, as we've talked about before, so that is very important to me at this point. Um, as far as another food business... I don't know, man. I'm, I, it, maybe, maybe not. You know, let's let's see what the market does. You know, we're let's see what where this goes. I mean, I have two trucks. I want to. My goal right now is to get debt free within the year, hopefully. Um, as you all know, or if any of you have ever looked into opening a business, it's not cheap. Yeah. Um, and it takes a lot of cash flow up front. Um. So I'm feeling that right now, mainly with the second business is opening. Um, I um, have some maintenance issues with it that I need to take care of. You know, so there's there's things that I need to get straightened around before I even even imagine a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, tenth business. Yeah. Like, sure, would I would I open another business at some point? Yes. Will I invest in someone else to open a business for me? Sure, if it's the right thing and I want and I and I'm interested in it. The main thing is for me to open another business. I a have to be very interested in it because ownership is is cool. It's cool. It's fun. There's a lot of perks to it. There's a lot of downsides to it. Um, but if you're not excited about it, like legitimately excited about it. Like you'll go to war for it, no matter what happens. Don't do it. That's that's my best advice. And this is just such a a true thing. I and uh, um I agree with you. It's like if you're not willing to put your heart, soul, and love into the products and into the people and into your business, it's it's never going to work. And it's it's going to be not something you're going to succeed at, and it makes your life worse. So. Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, what are the things that you truly love the most about your day-to-day activity with the food truck and as a business person? Because I can feel your joy and and happiness and the things that you love being an owner in the business. And I can tell you've accomplished so much that you're proud of yourself for. So, yeah, um, it's it's difficult. I mean, what's the start with my employees? I have four of them. I have four to run two businesses. It's a big responsibility to pay someone else's bills. Like, that's how I look at it. Like, they're looking, they don't come to work for free. They're not there just to hang out. They're there because they want money. And for me to do that, I have to go sell stuff. For that, I have to allow them to do things for me. I have to allow them to do things that I would normally do. I might have done it different. I might do it three times faster than I might do, you know. It all comes down to training um, and really, really, really just keeping an eye on those guys. 
Um, will you repeat the question? I'm drawing a blank right now. No, it's okay. The things that you really love about your business and, and being an entrepreneur and, and ownership. Yeah. I, and so my employees, it's, it's cool to see them. Like yesterday was one of our busiest days. I've seen them take the biggest stride forward. Um, I mean, it's cool to have a bunch of little toys or big boy toys sitting yeah. around, you know, um, and be able to purchase things that I've always wanted. I, I am a cook. I'm I'm a geek in the kitchen. Like, I, if, if you guys have seen it, I probably own it. If I don't own it, I probably used it. Um, so I geek out about this stuff. I've been cooking professionally since I've been probably 15 i've been in a restaurant since i've been 12 i mean sure i started as a dishwasher you know so i've really worked my way up through this i don't i mean yes i did go to the cia um so i did you know spend some money to really learn about this stuff um it's what i enjoy doing um i don't have to answer to some somebody else that i'm not hitting their labor numbers i'm not hitting their food cost numbers sure could I tighten some of those up here and there? Of course. Could I do that? But it's it, it comes down to that at the end of the day. But really just seeing people leave happy, the money come through my pocket. I mean, it's not all about money, but it's nice when we do have money in the bank. Um, but, yeah, it's helping the other people strive to go forward. Um, and I really just I want to say thank you for being so vulnerable and authentic. And, you know, I can see how much pride you take and, and care for your employees and the people around you and the tears. So, I mean, as you're thinking about this and, and what's going through your mind as, as we talk about this and. It's just been a rough year, man. It's been hard to get here. And uh, and that journey's not easy as an entrepreneur ever. And it's tough. And um, I think that one of the things that's so tough is like you've launched a second business. And and there's a saying that I just want to say to you that, that we're here. Because you touched upon it when you got your second trailer, basically. Which expanding is that... Sometimes you never know when you're having a good day and your roughest days often turn out to be the ones that cause you to pivot in, in your best days. And, um, I mean, you've gotten married and, and you have these two food trucks moving forward or a trailer and a truck. And so I just think it's a beautiful thing what you're doing. And I want to just say you're creating a jobs, you're, giving back to people that matter. You're helping them support their families, like you said, which is one of the most beautiful things that we do as entrepreneurs. And I don't think many people realize the entrepreneur thing is not only about the money. You see the successes. They're not overnight. I, I mean, mean, I mean, that's a great thing. Like I I did back in January. So I look at all my numbers kind of in the winter more and see where I can tighten up because I am on the truck every day. Um, I was looking to kind of... I was looking at my bread order for last year. I ordered almost $20,000 in bread. I paid my, my bakers to hire someone else. You know, it's just like, th- of course, it's it's cool thinking about stuff that way. Um, it gets you out of that daily funk uh, drama 
that you get yourself into where you're beating yourself up every day, it's easy to do, you know. And, and one of the things I want to just touch upon in, in is I think as entrepreneurs, we're naturally emotional, um, more emotional than the person that goes to the nine to five job because we put our life, sweat and tears into things and our hard work. And I don't use the word emotional in a negative way. I learned, I, I, I once thought it was a negative thing, but for me, it's because I have the passion for what I'm doing and I believe in the people around me and I care about them and I want them to have good things in their life as well. And it's why it sometimes hurts so bad when an employee doesn't treat you right. You're like, God, I'm putting my blood, sweat and tears into you and I want you to succeed and, and you have nothing but ill will towards me and I don't understand why. But, you know, and, and everyone has their own things going on, but I think as entrepreneurs, we, we care so much about not only our businesses, but the people around us and even our significant others and our families, because we have to balance all of it. And every time something goes out of balance, we feel it for, for sure. And I mean, with the second truck, I just, I feel it a lot more recently. Um, you know, I went from two very long time staff to four brand new people this summer. Um, you know, so I feel it and I get exactly what you're saying. And I definitely, I mean, you walk up to any one of my employees, you come sit down with the catering, you'll know that I take care of my employees. I mean, it's, it's definitely something we have to do as entrepreneurs. It's, it's our responsibility. Um, the cost of living is going up. Like I, I pay really well and my employees appreciate it. Um, but it's allowed me to move forward into another business. And, you know, that question about the third business or 10th business or whatever, that's what allows you to move forward. If you take care of them, eventually they'll continue to take care of you. And yeah, and they grow, grow with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And one of the things, like, that really happens, and, and we're talking about it, and I'm, I, I love what we're talking about in this podcast. And, Joe, you're just an amazing individual, seriously, as a food entrepreneur. And believe me, I deal with lots of them and now the podcast I meet lots of people but you know I feel what you're feeling because I took on this podcast thing and it's like booming and and I have customers and I would not well, I shouldn't say customers or subscribers and listeners and you know I'm not doing it for any monetary reason I will never take advertisements or sponsorships because I want to give back and I want people to learn and educate and, and know they're not alone like and one of the things you being vulnerable and authentic it was reassuring to me and your tears like I feel them because I know what that's like because I took on this podcast and Deborah can and validate this is that there have been a couple of days here and there where I've been in tears. I'm like, I have so much going on with my other businesses and I've taken on this venture and it takes up so much time and so much energy and it can be so exhausting. And, and my tears are really because it takes me away from my family sometimes and, and the people I want to spend time with. And I feel this torn feeling constantly of what is the right thing to do. You know, and how to manage it. Because on one end, I don't want to let anyone down. On another end, I've got to keep making money and running the businesses we have and make sure the employees have a job. And I've also got to make sure, you know, my stepdaughters and, and Deborah know that they're loved and they're cared about and they're a priority to me and still be a male role model to them. And so 
you know, there are times where I'm overwhelmed in a day and I'm in tears and I'm like, how the heck am I going to do this? Cause I care about all of it so much. I just don't have the time or, you know, to deal with it all. 100% man. I I'm there right now. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm been overwhelmed for the last six months. Um, you know, let's open another business. I, I totally, totally get it. And, yeah. Um, you know, I, I do, I find the easiest thing for me is to be truthful with everything I do with everyone. They have a question. I tell them honestly what I can do and what I can't do. And, you know, it sucks saying no sometimes, but there are plenty of times I have to say no in a day. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things we learn just being as you grow up in everything, everyone has to learn to say no. But I think as entrepreneurs, it's so much more important because we want to say yes to everything because we want to cash flow. Yeah. You want the cash flow. You want to succeed. But if you don't say no, you give up some of the things that really matter and the memories that are created around them. And so it's just, it's tough, right? It's tough. One of those things where, you know, I don't think I'll ever perfect the skill because I'll, every once in a while, I always feel like I tip in one direction more than the other. And it's tough, you know, and it's not just a seesaw. It's like a seesaw with 20 different seats that, Mm -hmm. you know, you can sit on and it's, it's one of those things. And they want you on all 20 of them at the same time. Yeah, I know. And then when they say you wear multiple hats, what they don't realize is you can't wear them all at once. Uh It's impossible. And so let's talk about a little bit about, you know, you talked about like office parks and stuff like that. Where's the majority of your time spent? Are you up in Northern Denver and so, so with Pavi, so it is a trailer. So I did uh, about eighty-five weddings with that last year. Um, that be, I mean, that's a full-time business by itself. Just wedding catering. That's not my food truck stuff or events or whatever. Um, so we do a bunch of weddings with that truck. Denver Taco Truck will also be going into the wedding scene. Um, it's been marketed towards that for sure. Um, during the week, we do office buildings. So when I say office buildings, we do like buildings in DTC area, around Ikea, around Fiddlers. There's a couple up in Broomfield that I have on our schedule. Um, we do Lockheed Martin um, because they just closed their cafeteria down on campus. So it just kind of varies on the day. Again, if you guys go to the website, you can you can see them there. Um, so I use the like midweek stuff to give my employees hours so that they make a a living wage like we're talking about. Um, and then the ca- we mainly just do catering on the weekends anymore. And um, well, I'm going to ask a question. And I'm going to go back to this topic. Is so you you started off in restaurants. So what is the main difference between what you did in the restaurant and what other than being the owner? That's ob- excuse yeah. me, the obvious ones, but. I mean, there's space. I mean, tell me a little bit about the difference because I think people always assume that a food truck is just a restaurant on wheels. And I and I want to sort of just debunk that. So it's a lot of the same stuff. It really, really is. It's just 20 times more difficult because we don't have a huge 10 by 10 walk-in. I can just store everything. I don't have... 2,000 square feet of workspace like you guys have. These two trucks have between 75 and 90 square feet in them. 
they're they're 12 feet by like six feet by like eight feet guys so you can imagine the space so it's very 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 little we did 700 covers yesterday out of one of these um so it's a lot of carrying stuff in and out it's a lot of writing checklists and a checklist for that checklist and a checklist for that checklist of the checklist um so we don't forget something like we were talking about earlier um if you forget it you can't it's not just going to magically appear somewhere in the truck it's probably most likely in the commissary or it got dropped somewhere or whatever so that's where you get your buddies to help you um storage space is definitely one of my biggest issues in this business um so we rent commercial kitchen space that's shared with probably 80 other businesses at this point so um the summertime's busy sometimes there's not space to rent that we can use so we have to we have to figure it out and negotiate times and work around other space sometimes and um first a restaurant guess it's only one restaurant in in that building so if i have a prep cook scheduled at 6 a.m they can come in and use whatever equipment they want the commissary if i show up at 6 a.m and all ovens are used and they're not going to be done for eight hours guess what i don't get to use an oven for eight hours and i can't really do much about it um so i mean that's the the shared common space is definitely makes it a lot more difficult um food trucks versus restaurants the other big thing is is so like my food truck is a 2002 it's 17 years old at this point with a hundred thousand miles on it um i i had a had the ignition starter break on saturday and i had a festival tomorrow or yesterday and it's like what what am i going to do on a saturday at three o'clock do i have a mechanic do you got i mean luckily i found someone and was able to get there um so there's mechanical issues um generator issues it's a lot a lot of knowledge you know between the propane systems because most cooks never have to deal with turning on a propane tank or turning it off most cooks don't have to refill their water so that they can have dishwash or hand sinks to wash their hands while we're cooking you know there's things like that that they don't even think about also in a restaurant they're air conditioned so um i know that we're in denver so it's not necessarily the hottest but it's not the coldest or the um the nicest all the time either so if it's 100 degrees out in the truck you might as well add 40 degrees to that and uh so it's going to be 140 degrees in there this summer you know versus an air-conditioned restaurant I'll, i'll take the restaurant any day i think that um that one of the things that you just talked about is also is you're the basically the front and the back of the house all in one unit yeah so actually i'm the only cook that really works for me i have one other guy that has a little bit of cooking experience but i have uh an ex-bartender a server and a guy that's never worked in a restaurant and so and on the so but you can't possibly cook on both trucks so how do you do it uh training true you know Showing them how to do it, simplifying things, really, really having systems with this coming from a restaurant background and having 20 plus years in food industry service at this time. Like, um, yeah, there's things that I would like to do that I'm limited on because my staffing issue is, I mean, it's a real problem. 
even though I pay well, it's still a problem. Yeah, and just in, in Denver, it's growing so fast. Everyone seems to be going for construction jobs. So even in the food business, I'm like... And, and then, yeah, the younger kids that would have probably taken this job are now thinking that Uber's the way to go. Yeah. Or they're going and cutting cutting weed for the marijuana growers because they're paying, you know, they're paying better. And yeah. I get it. We're, we're, we're competing in an unskilled labor market, really. Yeah. You know, so it is, it is what it is. And we will find them. I know. And it, it, that is an interesting thing that both the construction, the marijuana, um, have really caused an interesting thing for labor here. And, 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 it's, and, and it's only going to get worse in yeah. the United States as more and more states legalize it, you know, yeah. and construction continues to boom. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting uphill battle. I know. It's, uh, I'm waiting for when the marijuana goes onto the food trucks, and we're going to see a whole different type of boom there and edibles and things like that. Sounds like we got a new business. Yeah, it seems like we got num- truck number three. You're right. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, which I'm all for because I think it's only a matter of time before it goes mobile. And well, isn't it Arby's like doing CBD infused something yep. like nationwide yeah. or something? Yeah. Like, so it's and only going to be Carl, Carl's Jr.'s burgers are doing a CBD infused thing as well. And I've heard of a, can't remember the name, an infused shake. And yeah, I mean, if fast food's doing it, it's going to be a norm yeah. at some point, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's a, and they, why are they doing it? There's a demand for it. And people are looking at it, and there's, there's obviously the CBD is a lot of medical benefits for. So, um, let's talk about the weddings things because the eighty six weddings that's like a big deal. Like in um, that's probably half of my business for the year, honestly. And and that's why I'm like, okay, wow. So a lot of, like the traditional model of a wedding is really going by the wayside amongst a lot of things, you know. And, um, you know, it sort of happened when people went from your fire halls and your, you know, your um, veterans of foreign wars, the VFW halls into like bigger halls and stuff like that. But now we're sort of reversing back. People are going outdoors and food trucks and things like that. So, I mean, what does that look like for you in a day? I mean, because we talked about an actual festival Mm -hmm. um, and just I'm going to ask a question before we answer the wedding one. How many trucks were at the festival you were just at? uh 10 i think uh, that's pretty awesome i was just curious and but the wedding thing i mean it's obviously something that's really becoming a boom and i mean like why not go that direction like i said it's food cooked to serve but just tell me let's tell us a little bit about what a wedding day looks like for you because it's different than a festival yeah of course it's complete completely completely different so it is a catering event so on catering normally one person's picking up the bill versus like a festival each person's paying for themselves so it speeds things up a little bit um weddings for us are a huge deal as i said it is probably about half of our business at this point um i used to run a wedding venue right off the hudson river in upstate new york a little bit um so i got a lot of experience kind of into the wedding scene there and got to see what it was and their pricing sheets and stuff um so it's it's kind of made sense to me Everything that I'm looking for when I'm looking for events with a food truck is 100 people plus. I want a captive audience for four hours. So that being said, 
a lot of weddings with someone paying for it, it's a captive audience that I know exactly what I'm going to make. So I can break down the numbers inside and out before the day of, which is awesome. Um, we do tastings and I can do, um, I have a full chef background, so I can do buffets, plated dinners. Um, honestly though, most people just want my food from the trucks. Um, well, a, because it's what I do on a daily basis. So I really, really push it when I'm selling it. Like it's what I want to sell them. Um, so on a wedding, like the day of the wedding. So at this point we had already had a wedding tasting. We know what the menu is going to be six months to a year. I mean, I'm already booking September of 2020 at this point. So, um, it could be up to even two years out depending on, on the person and who it is. So the menu set, we have the number I have, I've been paid for the whole event for the day of. So most Colorado weddings, cause I'm in the state of Colorado, they want a three thirty between three thirty and four thirty wedding, depending on where they're at and what they're doing. So if it's in the metro area, I don't have to start work until, you know, mid afternoon because all the prep's done and ahead. Um, but with the, with Pavi sandwiches, it is a trailer, as we have said. So we do mountain, mountain weddings. So, um, I've went as far as marble Colorado, which is West of Aspen, um, this last year. So that day I left at 8am and didn't get back until 1am. It's, you know, so it really depends on where the wedding, but what's the shoes one in the Metro area here. So, um, you know, wedding four o'clock, let's just say four o'clock. That means I'm going to probably get to the truck around 1230, one o'clock, um, double check, make sure everything's going to light up and drive it to the commissary, load it up. Um, most of the time my employees meet me at the wedding venues here in the Metro area. So they'll meet me there, um, around two thirty or so two thirty, three o'clock, depending on the wedding. Um, we are a full service caterer, so we do bartending services, set up, break down, that kind of stuff. So um, if we got to do any of that, that means that we have to be there at least two hours prior because all that has to get set up before guests get there. Um, and then food service, normally they want to do an hour of cocktail at wedding. So it's, uh, you know, 4 o'clock wedding, four thirty, five o'clock, cocktail hour till 6 um, if they do the sandwiches and tots or tacos and fries from the truck, um, we just put the menu on the truck and everyone comes up and orders. We cook it to order. We can do um, approximately 100 to 120 people an hour um, is what I tell people. And it's pretty pretty close to that most of the time. Um, you know, things happen and and we have to deal with things. But right around an hour for 100 people. So we'll feed them between like six or in seven seven thirty clean up break down and then it, again if we're doing breakdown or bartending or whatever that varies on my day um the truck gets cleaned we'll take it back to the commissary and you know i'm normally home by 10 o'clock which isn't terrible and so you have to carry an alcohol license then correct so no i don't charge for the booze we only do open bars Oh, I see. So we, we carry just uh, $3 million in liquor liability, and there's a couple other little things that I have to do, but 
And so easy. you just bring it in the, they pay for it as part of their open bar as part of their. Yeah. Fee. So they, they buy the booze and then I just charge them for the service and whatever other stuff that we need to. Yeah. That's uh, so yeah, that's a pretty cool concept then and just do it as an open bar and then you don't need to worry about the whole. Yeah, of course. Of, of course. And then again, it, my employees are excited about it because they are front of the house people that work for me. So they get to go back to their, um, to their roots and go bartend or go wait tables or whatever and they they have fun they they still get paid their hourly plus they're gonna make a little bit of cash you know so but yeah, tips are great. yeah, yeah. Every, everyone's happy i can't i can't not blame them you know and so i love this like it's what you do and having the full solution so just out of curiosity what's a minimum dollar amount for you to be like i'm gonna go cater event uh, depending on if it's a wedding, it's $1,800. Okay. Um, if it's any other event, normally for a two hour window, it's like seven fifty. Okay. I mean, so, and that's reasonable, right? Compared to what some of the caterers charge you in food and stuff like that elsewhere. And I, yeah, I mean like our, so like if you want to do the sandwiches and tots or the tacos and fries, it's like 16 bucks per person. That's including tax and tip. Oh, Wow. So it's it's not insanely expensive. I mean, if you're going to do a mountain wedding, I charge a travel fee. Um, but again, that's to help me pay for transporting the truck yeah. employees to and from the event. And that's probably only part of it, honestly. So um, we've talked about all the things you love and, and obviously the business. What are some of the things that, that, you, that as an entrepreneur, you're like, I wish I didn't have to do that? That I didn't have to do? Yeah. Um... You know, I've been pretty good over the years about hiring what I don't want to do. Um, you know, I have an accountant that does all my numbers for me. I have an, she, I was talking to her last night via email. I was like, you know what? I don't want to do sales tax anymore either. You do it, you know? So, um, the things that I don't like, I really tried to delegate off my plate. Um, things that I don't like that I can't do anything about. Well, I stress about it and try to think about how I'm going to change him. Um, but it's, uh, I try not to think about this too much because it just puts me in that negative mindset. I'm just like, damn it. It's, um, well, I, geez, I can't tell you how thankful I am for you coming on the podcast, Joe. It's been awesome and i really your vulnerability and authenticity is awesome and i really want to have you back on in in the next few months and and continue to tell your story and talk about you know because you have the new concept with the denver taco truck and where it's going and and what's seeing there and, and how your summer goes and things like that so i'd love to have you back on again if you would if you wouldn't mind yeah that's fine um yeah summer is going to be very very busy um at this point, it's probably going to be have to be post twelfth of July. So I'm going to Mexico. Um, oh, that congratulations! Twelfth, and I know May and June are insanely busy right now. So yeah, and so I have one last question for you, and that question is: You're recently married. Mm-hmm. How are you? How do you manage your time for your girlfriend? Because food trucks, like you said, you could be going from six a.m. to ten p.m. at night. So, and it's on weekends, and she obviously works during the weekday. So you're managing the relationship on top of all of it. So how do you go about doing that? 
Uh, I mean, luckily I have a great woman and she's awesome to me and understands. Um, she knew coming into this, this is what I do. Um, I've been very, very, like I said, I am honest about what I'm doing with everyone, no matter who it is. Um, if I tell them that I'm going to do it or this is what's going on, they understand. Um, that being said, in a relationship, of course, it's difficult. Getting that work-life balance with a non-restaurant person is is almost crazy to think about. Um, we've been together for quite a few years at this point, so um, and have lived together for like four years. So it's it's been kind of a relatively easy um, transfer. Um, with the trucks, I do schedule days off. Um, we, we could run 24-7. I don't have the staff to do it. I don't want to do that. Um, it comes down to saying no. It really, really does. It sucks saying no, but you have to. Um, there's um, limitations that I've set that I've tried that I'm trying to uphold. Where I, you know, most nights I try to be home by eight o'clock. Um, I don't work Sundays most of the time unless it's a catering. Um, with employees, it gives me a little bit of flexibility to kind of say that I'm not going to work Sundays. But if it's a wedding, obviously I'm going to go do it. And my wife understands, hey, this is how he pays his bills. Um, you know, like in the month of January, I think we worked eight days. So, yes, there's a nine-month crazy period where it's completely insane and I have no idea what's going on at all. But I have three months that I'm sitting around totally my thumbs playing Xbox One, doing whatever. Yeah. You know, um, we do, with me and the wife, we, she has a decent paying job and I do okay for myself. So we have, every year that we've been together, we've scheduled, um, you know, we've been to Mexico a couple times. Um, we went to Tahiti for our honeymoon. So we try to schedule one trip outside of the United States. A, my cell phone doesn't work, so it's yeah. great. Um, and B, we get some time together. And then about once a quarter, we uh, try to do like a staycation here in the state of Colorado or somewhere in the United States. Like yeah, we might go to New away. Orleans or Seattle or wherever. Yeah, exactly. And I love that. I think traveling's getting away from home a couple of times a year or four times a year is just so important. If you don't separate yourself from the business, you're never going to see the problems with it. Yeah, and that's true because when it's standing right in front of you, you can't see the whole thing. And when you really take a step back, it's it's just so important. Um, it's also important to get away with your family and not have that distraction and just be able to let it go for a second you know and like, like i said that's why i love mexico because a it's cheap and my cell phone doesn't work so yeah. well joe thank you again for being on the podcast if you guys like what we're, you're we're we're doing here on the podcast i can't even talk um please share it and tell everyone you know if you need a wedding catered you know reach out to joe he's got two different food truck concepts that i'm sure would be great as well as having both there i can imagine that giving people a variety would be a lot of fun or, yeah we got a couple weddings like that this already yeah it's amazing and so i think it's a great idea and and having the one-stop shop where you guys can also do an open bar is, is fantastic so please share the episode everyone and if you want to be on the show you can reach out to me it's justin at the you can email me anytime 
And uh, you can reach me on social media at Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs on Facebook and Instagram. And as we wrap up here, before I say goodbye, I just want Joe to quick tell everyone again how they can reach him. Easiest way again, websites, pavistruck.com and denvertacotruck.com. And so, and thank you again, Joe, and thank you everyone for listening in and have a great day. Thanks for having me.